This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Last week, my colleague Wendy Kahn and I visited Kids Haven in Benoni. I thought as we arrived at the premises that I knew what Kids Haven did. After all, its website describes it well. It aims to reach children in need, especially those without parental care, to provide shelter, protection, education, training and therapy. But then I met with CEO Sam Corpo and Sue Daly, coordinator of fundraising, and I was quite frankly blown away and truly inspired by the incredible work they do. They are my guests now to tell me more. Sam and Sue, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having thank us. Um, Sue, let's start with you. How did you become involved? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so I was a stay-at-home mom and it wasn't really suiting me and I saw an advert that said, come and do something for children but not necessarily with children. And so I turned up and, um, I just, th- right from the very beginning, it was kind of a bus- business decision that fundraising needed to be a thing, that it wasn't going to be reliant on the staff that did the childcare to do the fundraising. And that it needed to be, if Kids Haven was going to survive and thrive, there needed to be somebody intentionally doing fundraising all of the time. And so that was me. So you pitched up how many years ago? 21. <laughs> <laughs> so your kids have grown up now and you're out the house. And you've been there ever since? Yeah, ever since. Because it's in your blood. It's just... I can't imagine raising funds for someone else. I tried to leave at one stage because I thought I needed to go and help my son's school. And um, the then CEO, Moira, was like, you can do both. <laughs> um, and it's just, I don't know how, I really passionately believe in the work that Kids Haven does. And so people say no, they don't want to give us funds. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Your mistake. Um, but it's, it's fine. You know, we just keep going on. And I think people come... And help us because the work is real, um, the evidence is there, and I I do it because it makes a big difference, and I feel like I'm contributing to the care and protection of children in South Africa, which is meaningful to me. Um, I no longer have to go to friends and family only. You know, I have now people that <laughs> I've met through the organisation. You know, who fund us um, because of the work. It always starts with friends and family, but now it's, you know, there's so many supporters and it's, it's really, that is how we survive. That is how we thrive. We do get a bit of government funding. Um, but it's really because people see what Kids Haven is doing and just want to be a part of that. So I can experience that firsthand. Sam, you're a newbie, relatively speaking, to the organization. How did you get involved? Um, but I'm not a newbie as, as much. I've been there for 22 years. Oh, well. <laughs> yes, yes. I didn't know. Uh, yes, I've been there for 22 years. And, um, I, you know, started, you know, with community development in particular and, you know, family reunification, you know, trying to trace, you know, uh, families of the children to actually say, why are they on the streets? Why? What can we do? you know, to link them back with their families because um, it was difficult for them to go back, you know, home because uh, we didn't even know where they were coming from in that context. And then since then, you know, migrated, you know, into different programs and I've been through all kids' different programs except fundraising, but um, <laughs> maybe I'll, de- I'll go there one day. But um so but, uh, you yeah. literally worked in every single sphere. So when the position of CEO came mm-hmm. open, Sam was the obvious choice. 
Yeah, we still did it as a board um, program where we looked at different candidates. It was an open advert and people um, applied. And then we held interviews, but Sam was obviously head and shoulders yeah. over yeah. everybody. Because, yeah. uh, Sam, what, what struck me when we were there is that you knew every aspect of, well, obviously, but you also knew the children. Um, and how yes. Many, well, firstly, how many children are there? The 163 at, uh, at, at the moment, but we actually have in the capacity for 190. But, you know, the numbers actually, you know, fluctuate. But what we actually do is that we are connecting with them as individuals, mm. not only as children in a group. So, mm. therefore, when you address them, you need to address them as individuals. So, I'm making, you know, every effort to actually, you know, go out and actually engage them mm. as much as I can. Just this week, we had a social worker volunteers from Switzerland who just arrived uh, on Monday, and um, I went to the houses to engage her. And then when I was engaging her, all kids were actually coming in, and I was talking to them, you know, as individuals with names. And she actually said, I have never seen this in my life, yeah. you know, where you really, really, you know, get to actually engage with them with, in their, with their names, you know. So th- that's what actually struck me, is it wasn't an institution. I did not feel once that I was there, that this was an institution. You know, you, you think of Oliver Twist, you know. <laughs> that, 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 it was warm. The rooms mm. were newly painted. Mm. Everything was clean. Um, so you, you joked, this is the kind of place that children come without a jersey and go home with one as opposed to what we're more familiar with. They go to school yeah. with one and forget it at school. Yeah. Um, Sam, what you're dealing with, though, is very, very sad situations. Do you get depressed? Um, yeah, the reality is um, when you engage with certain children and their families, you do actually, you know, get affected and it gets, you know, into you. But of course, you can't break down, you know, in front of them. No. You actually need to be strong because they are coming to you, you know, as a way of, you know, leaning on you. So you need to be strong for them. But just, you know... On after sidestepping, then you do actually, you know, think, you know, sit down, you know, reflect. And um, I always make a joke at work to actually say, um, if I'm really, 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 you know, depressed, I go, you know, somewhere in the mall, just, you know, mm, take, eat, a break, uh, yeah. take a break, eat an ice cream and then go <laughs> home. Then everything has melted, you know, that mm. concept of. The ice cream melting mm. in me is just to say whatever thing that was there in the head has melted, you know, in that context. And um, I do go to the gym, mm-hmm. you know, as as a way of. So of, you also of, got yes. a little bit of self um, yeah. yes. self care, I should yes. say. Exactly. Um, to both of you that have been there for so long, since you started twenty years ago, are we seeing things improving, staying the same, different, better? Are the kids coming for different reasons? Um. I think things are getting more worse. Poverty is actually getting more, you know, uh, dependent. And the social ills in the society in terms of, you know, gender-based violence, in terms of, um, you know, sexual assault and drugs, mm. you know, also came in, you know, actually changed, you know, the entire game plan with regard to children because even... You know, the parents that are actually abusing children or the neighbor or whoever, mm. you, you found that, you know, they have 
some sort of um you know drug influence in in that particular instance and you're seeing more and more you know children actually coming in without actually being you know good parented actually mm. there's more bad parenting mm. and um the worry it's that if these children have not actually seen any better from the responsible adults they are never going to be mm. res- responsible citizens you mm. know of of you know the mm. the near future and then mm. that in itself it's actually a problem mm-hmm. and um you know the entire system also is not you know clearly clearly caring for children in that you protect few but you have more children in communities that you can actually even go mm. and 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 present and you know talk to them and prevent them from actually you know coming into mm. care but the reality it's um more and more issues are actually you know uh, confronting children and mm. sometimes i actually even ask myself i say if i was really a child now mm. being torn between the friends mm. and the drug lords and my parents mm. who who mm. am i going to actually going to choose to be quite honest the current you know uh, generation they are actually more challenged than actually even before mm. so maybe you can give us some good news stories and mm. some of the kids that have graduated from there and how they've turned their lives around well i can even start just from the drug point of view we have some children whose parents are drug users who the children are living with us because they can't be cared for right now but the parents are making really intentional steps around rehab and we are making sure that every week they see each other mm-hmm. so that although the care and protection in the house isn't perfect we still need to maintain that relationship and build that relationship because ultimately those children will go back to those parents. And so while they walk their rehab journey, they are still connecting to their children. And that's the kind of place Kids Haven is. We, we, we want to make sure that the children are integrated still with their community, not isolated in some kind of separate Mm. children's home thing, but that, and then work with the parents because that's where they need to go. But, um, yeah, in terms of good news stories, we've got graduates, um, we've got children that don't mind if we share their stories that they've grown up in a children's home and some children that want to kind of just escape, escape it, but they, they tell us they, they still come back. The one girl brought breakfast for everybody in the children's home, um, but she says, don't share my name on social media. Don't, you know, I don't want people to necessarily know that about me because that's going to make some judgments about me. Um, so, but it's beautiful, especially when they go into the caring professions like, so she became an accountant, which I won't say anything about, but <laughs> um, one of our other girls is a, now a teacher, an educator. And um, it's wonderful to see her being the big sister um, and then going now and being in the school and working in a school and then still coming back and visiting um, her siblings who are still with us, but also other children. And it's so it's really important for us that these kids do come back because they inspire the kids that are there mm. to say, you know, you can you can be anything you want to be, um, especially because Kids Haven is putting education and all that sort of support in place. And these are just really ordinary children that have been able that have taken up that support and ended up flying. And even the kids that are I mean we have a young a one young man who's a photographer. 
we took him when he was still a child to the SABC to go and see the SABC just on an outing. You know, it's like just a random outing. He was so taken by that. And he then did everything he could to learn. And we had a volunteer that came that was a photographer. So he was making sure that he was right there. Now he's got a very comfortable business. He takes photographs. He does wedding photography and all of that. And we get him back to do photographs for some of our events as well so that, you know, we keep that cycle going. But so it doesn't matter where the young person ends up, whether they graduate or whether they just have their own small business. We have guys even selling sweets, Mm -hmm. you know, that didn't have documents. We helped get them back to Lesotho. They're selling sweets there. They've got body and soul together, Mm. which matters to us. And we really want Moira, Sam's predecessor, used to say, I want them to grow up to be nice adults. Yeah. So it's not even that they high flyers. Yeah. Are they nice? Yeah. And, and you've got a lot of support systems there. You've got the social workers. Mm-hmm. I know you were looking for psychologists, yes, and feel are. free to do yeah. a shout out. But you've got um, at every age and stage, because you've got, what's your youngest? Three. three. Mm-hmm. And your oldest? Twenty. Twenty. Mm-hmm. So from three to twenty, you actually provide them with the support. Um, there was a little extra uh, a computer room there's a library there's um tell me a little bit about the support that you offer them so they do become nice mm. people <laughs> and, don't, and and more importantly don't perpetuate that cycle yeah. of violence yeah. or yeah. poverty yeah. Yeah. i think um you know it's we we sort of you know have become their corporate parents in the sense that you know we we want them to have access to the world you know, first of all, they need to have access to computers. They need to have access to Internet where they could do research. And moreover, they are coming there because they have, you know, psychological issues and emotional issues. And therefore, we have, you know, social workers and child and youth care workers and, you know, and psychologists who actually, you know, walk that particular journey with them. Because um, some come in you know, somehow, you know, get to recover. But along the way, you know, trauma do actually, you know, mm-hmm. break them down. And um, we continuously actually, even, you know, support them even beyond care. Mm-hmm. After they have left, as young people staying in communities, we still actually, you know, bring them back to actually access that kind of support mm-hmm. up until, you know, they are actually coming back to actually say, I am fine, mm-hmm. I'm okay, you know, in that particular context. Because if you do not provide that uh, psychosocial support, which is actually a backbone mm-hmm. for them to become resilient, you're not going to actually win, mm-hmm. you know, in them. So you don't want them to come in and actually leave, but without having to have, you know, peeled that layers of an onion, if I want to put it that, you mm-hmm. know, si- situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's definitely resilience-based where we're saying, you've made it this far. Mm. You know, we're not going to peel the onion layers back mm. to trauma, mm. but we peel it back to say, but you did well. Look how you've mm. done so far. Now, what else can we do to build you? And one of the key functions is always this attachment, this belonging, the sense mm. of I'm enough. Mm. So my parents didn't care for me. You know, somebody didn't love me and they hurt me or they threw me away, abandoned me. So we kind of very intentional about saying you are enough. You, you know, you do deserve to have been born and we're going to really make a fuss on your birthday and we're going to be very intentional about how we work with you. And we're fortunate to have on our board of directors a research psychologist, doctor of psychology from UJ. 
she's connected us with a number of wonderful people. Um, we've had another connection through um, Wendy here to get connected also so that we want to see what does the research say about what's the right thing and the best services and helping services you can give and make sure that that's embedded in all our programs. So mental health isn't a thing we do on a Friday between two and three. It's it's embedded. It's everybody has had mental health training. Everybody is mentally health aware. And that mental health support and service is just consistent with everyday care. And I think the true, true sort of magic is just that we are old-fashioned parents. Adults mm-hmm. capable, adults are in charge. Mm-hmm. Children have boundaries. The boundaries change as the ages change. So we, we get that right. And it's just we are adults in charge. Mm-hmm. And you are kids. And, yeah. And, and that's how it works. So the other thing that I noticed is it's almost like a world of an ecosystem. Let me use mm-hmm. that of you have the the bookshop mm. and the books that you get in either used or sold. The money yeah. that's can you just tell me a little bit about that? And also in terms of what you feel our community mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. offer. So absolutely nothing goes to waste. You know, there's a new upcycle trend. We've been upcycling for years. (laughs) So we rely on donations entirely, whether it's financial or whether it's stuff. And then the stuff, obviously, if we need it, we check out what do we need for 162 children, 63 children? What do we need in houses? What do we need in our school circumstances? And we make sure we have all of that and it's stored correctly so it's not broken. Then we have all these charity shops so that we can use the excess to raise funds. So from literally from people just doing a spring clean, donating absolutely anything from pieces of furniture to teaspoons to clothing, we find a home for it all. And, um, yeah, I mean, we even have kids and adults baking birthday cakes for us, making biscuits for us, making anything that just is a treat for a child, something that we can use on a birthday. There's a million ways to get involved. And uh, before we give all those details out, um, how do kids come to you? Mm. How, how do you? The, the social workers, you know, from different child protection institutions, bring the children to us and also the police and they have to go through the court system. So the court actually know that, you know, the children are legally placed with us for the proper care and protection mm. of them. So you've got a whole legal team, mm. I'm sure, as well. Uh, no, no, the social workers work. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They take I mean, we, we do also identify children that are need and care of protection and then we will trigger mm. care protection services to get a child removed if that's required. Um, so you described how people can get involved. You also you you will also collect stuff. Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Benoni's not that far. No, it's not. And we but, uh, but you also yeah. offer. Yeah, yes. yeah. So. We want to make things very easy when you <laughs> contact yeah. us because you're our lifeblood. Mm-hmm. So we have a WhatsApp. We have a the easiest way is still via email. It's hello at kidshaven.co.za. And then as soon as we get the hello at kidshaven.co.za or via our social media, which is Kidshaven Home um, on Facebook and Instagram, we will then respond to you, get your details, make sure that the driver comes when it's convenient. We struggle on the weekends, though, so it is easier for us Monday to Friday. 
um, we collect and we get it across to where it's needed in the children's home. We don't store it somewhere else. No. It goes to yeah. the children's so home. So this is one of these it. things that you can give knowing full well that it will yeah, yeah, be used yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in whatever capacity it yeah, will yeah. be used. Well, then I just have to say thank you. Um, thank you for joining me. And I wish you a lot of luck and strength. And really, you are the kind of the angels of our, you know. Thank you for uh, having us. Certainly that. So let me just remind you, that was Sue Daly and Sam McCorpel. Sam is the CEO and Sue is the coordinator of fundraising of Kids Haven. Thanks so much for joining Thank me. You. Thank you. Thank you.